Hello and welcome to Dave's Music Room. I'm David Kavlovic here once again to play for you some of my favorite recordings from my own personal CD collection. I always look forward to presenting these programs, even if sometimes I feel a little bit lazy and getting to recording the shows. I think part of the reason right now is I'm experiencing a bit of spring fever as I tend to do March, April, because winter in my neck of the woods, being Ottawa, Ontario, can be rather long. And I got to tell you, the way our city plows or claims it plows our streets, my street in particular, well, that's really questionable. There were potholes the size of Buicks in front of my driveway could easily swallow a Buick or a Range Rover or potentially a Perlita Courier truck. My goodness, I saw them bouncing around like crazy. So it's good to see all that melting. <laughs> Finally, we get our revenge on the potholes. And the weather is going to turn somewhat warmer, as it will do in spring. So I hope that today's program provides a little bit of sunny relief as well. We're going to focus on two discs from the two different hemispheres of our wonderful globe. In other words, music from the south and music from the north. And we are going to start in the southern hemisphere with a composition by the great Brazilian composer Heitor Villalobos. Now, Villalobos has often been called the Bach of Rio de Janeiro because Bach was his absolute favorite composer. And that makes sense when you consider that Villalobos was a cellist, so of course he got to know Bach through the uh, great cello suites that Bach had written, but it never stopped there. He tried to incorporate concepts of Bach, counterpoint, melody structure even, but he tried to incorporate and syncretize it with the music of his native land, Brazil. He was very much a promoter of Brazilian music, and there's a lot of pop music in Brazilian culture. For that, I have a feeling he gets dismissed by those in the Northern Hemisphere, particularly of a European bent. Villalobos composed some over 700 pieces of music in his lifetime. Some feel that that's maybe 680 too many, and again, I think that that's a terrible prejudice based on a snobbery. They feel that composing so much probably means that he wasn't being discerning enough in the quality of his music. Well, Bach composed some thousand pieces. Do we say that about Bach? I have a feeling this is also based on prejudices based on some compositions, such as his Bachianus Brasilieris No. 5, which is very popular, or his uh, Guitar Preludes and Etudes, and as good as they are, some people feel that that's it. They probably have heard some of the other pieces, his symphonies, the cantata forest of the Amazon, some of his film music even, and dismiss it. But I think they do that because they just take a cursory listen and are not really paying attention. So they think everything sounds alike. Well, heck, you can listen to Beethoven that way and think everything sounds alike in Beethoven. I think it's a very unfair uh, criticism of the music of Villalobos because Everything I've heard, I like. That doesn't mean that everything is of equal quality because, yes, Villalobos composed a lot. Yes, the music is good, but he was a little bit lazy when it came to editing. I will grant that criticism, but that's about it. So 
we have a work here that I'm going to present to you. It's his Symphony Number no. 10, which in many ways is a very problematic work within his symphonies, and I'll tell you why. Now, this is an example of a work that I think is really good. The more I listen to it, the more I like it. It's fairly long. It's about 60 minutes. In some cases, that's not that long as symphonies go, but it, 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 it's, it's a, a heavy piece of music for 60 minutes. Yes, there are certain areas that probably could have dealt with some editing, but even the greatest pieces of music, you could uh, say that. And really, why would we say that? We're not the composers. But the issue, again, falls to this lack of editing. And I think part of the problem as well is just the lack of performance. Quite often, Villalobos' music, even in his own lifetime, was performed once, and that's it. So Symphony Number no. 10 is a very interesting um, situation. It's really a combination symphony oratorio. It's subtitled Sumi Pater, Pater Patrium Sinfonia Amerindia Com Coros. Um, is a composition that Villalobos started in 1952 to celebrate the 400th anniversary of the founding of the city of Sao Paulo. Now, he finished the work in 1953, but it wasn't performed until 1957. And then it wasn't performed in Brazil. It was performed in Paris. So there are all sorts of reasons, difficulties, why this piece of music couldn't have been performed when it was completed. And a lot of it could have been, again, Villalobos' own, uh, how shall we say, lack of ability to properly negotiate. <laughs> but really, the other reason is that the forces involved are humongous. And I don't even know if an orchestra in Brazil at that time could have handled it. Well, it was premiered in France. It was about its only performance during the composer's lifetime. He died two years later. That performance, there is a copy of the broadcast recording on Reel to Reel. I think it was broadcast, but anyhow, it was recorded. But unfortunately, the score that Villalobos used didn't survive. That score is somewhat different from the published version, which, as I've been alluding to, not properly edited, and to sort of paraphrase a PDQ Bach quote, it's it's filled with errors, more errors than a Mets game, let's put it that way. But fortunately, a uh, conductor, uh, musicologist by the name of Giselle Bandor, well, she's very fond of the music of Villalobos, and she wanted to present this work as properly as possible. There had been a couple of other recordings prior to this one, which was made, oh, I think it was in the late, oh no, it was made, yeah, in the late 90s. There were some earlier recordings. I think there was one. Uh, no, they're actually about the same time. These recordings all came out roughly. That's very interesting. These recordings all came out around 1998, 1999. This one is uh, that we're going to hear is actually from 2000. Sorry. there. But the ones that are 1998, 1999 are also available. But they're not based, as far as I can tell, on a properly edited score, which Bendor... Um, was able to do because she got a hold of the broadcast tape and she tried to employ as much as possible what she heard Villalobos uh, change to make the work a bit more presentable. Let's put it that way, including changing some of the solo voices and the range because originally, well, even in, in Villalobos's performance, there were three equal tenor voices. 
that doesn't really do the the writing of the vocal solo vocal lines very much justice. And apparently Via Lobos agreed there was indication that he wanted to change the, the voicing of the solos. So um, that was accomplished. Apparently there was also um, problems with the um, use of the Tupi language. That's the language of uh, the indigenous people in that part of Brazil. And apparently that text that has been used, because there is some Tupi text involved, uh, was, was also filled with errors. So that's all been um, cleaned up. So the work is in five movements. And as I said, it's scored for a humongous force. The five movements are the earth and its creatures. This is a total instrumental prelude. Then there is something known as war cry, a scherzo which has the uh, subtitle of Irupichuna. Now an Irupichuna apparently are a magical species of small monkey. And the poetry in the Tupi language uh, evokes these apparently cute magical monkeys. So makes for a nice little scherzo that's smack in the middle because it's five movements. Then there is a beautiful slow uh, lento entitled The Voice of the Earth and the Appearance of Anchieta. Now Anchieta is Joseph de Anchieta. He was a 16th century missionary, a Jesuit missionary from Spain who came to Brazil and he, amongst other things, helped preserve the Tupi language. That was not usual uh, within the church in South America. Most often church clergy prefer to destroy the language of the natives. However, there were clergy, specifically uh, Jesuit clergy, who thought that that was a crime, that every culture has its beauty and its importance, and it was important to speak to people in their language. How else were you going to evangelize? And, you know, there's a certain amount of truth to that. So there's a lot to be grateful to uh, Joseph of Anchieta for preserving the Tupi language. So the fourth movement is sort of a... a uh, a, um, an homage to Joseph of Anchieta. And finally, the final movement, which uh, the fourth movement goes almost straight into, is entitled Glory in Heaven and Peace on Earth. Now, is this a piece of music that could be considered composed by somebody of a conquering nation? Perhaps, but I don't think that that was uh, Villalobos's intent. He was very close to the people of Brazil, and the people of Brazil have long been intermingled, whether it was Spanish or Portuguese, especially Portuguese, where there was Africans who were brought over as well, and definitely the indigenous people of the land. And all their influences um, came and melded into a great musical culture, which again, I say, is not very well appreciated outside of the Southern Hemisphere, unless you're thinking of say, jazz and the music of uh, Antonio Carlos Chobim and Luis Bonfa and the bossa nova and, well, see jazz. Jazz will always pick up on elements like this. But for classical music, again, I feel that uh, there is a certain amount of degradation of the music of Villalobos, and I think it's very unfair. You may find this work a tad overwhelming at first. It is a sumptuous score. It's almost, it's almost cinematic in its presentation. It's as if it was a cinemascope film in music. So let's listen to this work. I'll give you the, uh, the rundown of who's all performing. 
we have as the mezzo-soprano Carlo Wood, tenor is Carlos Schibelli, the baritone is Naman Ford, the choirs, and there's three of them, is the Santa Barbara Choral Society, the UCSB Chamber Choir, that's the University of California at Santa Barbara, the Donald Brinegar Singers, the Santa Barbara Symphony Orchestra is under the direction of Giselle Ben-Dor. Let's listen now to Hater Villalobos' Symphony Number no. 10.
a massive sumptuous score that. We just heard Hator Villalobos' Symphony Number no. 10, subtitled, briefly, Amerindia. It has a longer title than that. But it's a combination, as you can hear, or as you heard, Symphony Oratorio. Gee, there is a lot of influence of Bach in that, if you listen very carefully, and wonderfully intermixed with uh, Brazilian rhythms, harmonies, just a great work. We heard a very good performance of it, featuring Carla Wood, mezzo-soprano, Carlos Chabelli, tenor, Naman Ford, baritone, the Santa Barbara Choral Society, the UCSB Chamber Choir, the Donald Brinegar Singers, and the Santa Barbara Symphony Orchestra, all under the capable direction of Giselle Bandor. If you didn't quite comprehend that work on first hearing, and I didn't, um, it is worth going, coming back to. I hope you do take the chance to re revisit the work. I find every time I do, I get more out of it. And isn't that the point of music anyhow? And speaking of anyhow, I'd like to remind you that you are visiting Dave's Music Room and I'm David Kavlovic. Also like to remind you, as I have been doing for the last couple of months, that I have a radio show. Yes, I'm back in radio, just like the old days. I have my own show. I host it. I produce it. I clean the dishes. I do everything to it. For CKCU FM 93.1, the mighty 93.1 FM here in Ottawa. It's a community campus radio station, by the way, and it was the first in North America to do something like that. And it's been in operation for almost 50 years. It's been a very vital feature of arts and information in Ottawa. So CKCU FM is a very important station. And my show's called Music for a While. It's on Wednesday mornings between 10 and 11 as sort of your mid-week, mid-morning coffee break. I do hope you'll tune in. And I also hope to hear from you. I would really appreciate it if you sent me emails to say, Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Send the email to kapustadave uh, at yahoo.ca. That email address is embedded in the uh, platform you use, the app you use, whatever you use, uh, the page of my show on that platform and what you use to listen to this podcast, as it were. Now, we're going to head north. We're going to travel from Brazil to Bucharest. We're going to Romania and to hear one of my favorite absolute favorite voices of all time one incredible singer by the name of maria tonase she has often been called <coughs> excuse me oh it's cup of tea time dryness of throat reminds me of that here we go mm. lately i've been drinking english breakfast because i like that as much as i like orange pico and sometimes it's good for a change and it's an, it's nice to settle back with a cup of tea for the music we're going to hear although you might feel that you're in the middle of a old cafe in old bucharest the bucharest that was unfortunately destroyed first by an earthquake and then by the megalomaniac nicolae ceausescu in order to build that grand ugly palace in his honor but Back in the day, just like in the great cities of other countries, for example, Budapest in Hungary, the great cafes there, Bucharest had a similar tradition, as does Portugal, as does Greece, as does a number of countries where you go for an evening's entertainment, you settle back with a glass of wine or 
maybe some harder strain of liquor, or perhaps just a cup of coffee, and a cigarette, of course, because that's what you did in those days. Well, that is the essence of Maria Tanase. She was considered the Piaf of Romania, the Piaf of Bucharest. There are incredible similarities between the two singers, Edith Piaf and Maria Tanase, including the fact that they were born within two years of each other. Tanase was born, Tanase, excuse me, was born in 1913. Piaf was born in 1915. They died the same year and only a few months apart. Tanase died in June of 1963 from lung cancer. There's the cigarette attitude in play. Oh yeah, smoking is glamorous, isn't it? And Edith Piaf died a few months later in October of 1963. And what didn't kill Edith Piaf? She was not nice to herself when it came to substances. So uh, Piaf was, yes, younger than, um, than Tanache. If you've ever seen a picture of Piaf, she looked way older than the late 40s that she was. But it was such a shame that both of them died at such young ages. And in both cases, in Tanase's case, all of Bucharest turned out for her funeral. In France, in Paris, all of Paris turned out for Piaf's funeral. Their voice, they were in the same vocal range, uh, although Piaf was a tiny bit higher, shall we say, but they were both rather earthy, baritone uh, voices. Piaf's voice was a bit more focused, maybe even shrill to a certain degree, not unpleasant, incredibly powerful for such a small woman, and of course dominated by a very fast vibrato, which actually bothers a lot of people. I don't feel that way. I just love Piaf's voice. Tanase comes from a, an entirely different vocal production, even if it's of the same, um, same range. Her timbre is far more dark far more earthy, sultry even. This was her approach to singing. Now, she was very much influenced by her Romanian culture, but of course she was also considered a, a popular singer and a singer of operetta. But really, the love of Romanian folk music remained paramount, and she almost single-handedly guided future Romanian singers in the style of singing Romanian folk music. She would hear all this music as she was growing up because her father, Constantin Tanase, was one of the greatest botanists, agriculturalists, uh, floral designer uh, in Europe. He had a huge uh, plant, <laughs> excuse the pun, plant. He had a huge um, nursery outside of Bucharest and he employed many young girls, women from all over Romania. This is how Maria Tanase got to hear music from all over Romania, and she would promote these differences in musical styles in her concerts. These are not necessarily authentic performances, in other words, singing as you would sing if you were in the villages. This is an urban style, and there is urban folk music. We know this. Well, hers is very much the urban style of, uh, of the cafes of Bucharest. So, um, What's also interesting about um, Tanache is that during the war, she fell out of favor with the various fascist governments uh, in place. So much so that for the period of 1940 to about 1941, she was banned from performing. And indeed, the government ordered all her previous recordings, whether commercial or broadcast, destroyed. So there isn't very much 
left from that period. There are some films, because she also acted, but uh, again, sparse because of that rather unfortunate situation. Mind you, as the war carried on, uh, the authorities kind of let up on this band because she was extremely popular, and regardless of whether or not she supported the fascists, which she didn't, she was useful, along with her friend, the composer Georgianescu, in helping to ease the plight of the soldiers at the front lines by entertaining them in the front, uh, you know, in the various uh, barracks <laughs> or places where they resided near the front lines or in hospitals especially. But her fame in Romania was huge and outside of Romania as well. She was probably allowed to tour by the, the communist government uh, because she could provide financial stability to the government by all her tours in the United States and uh, in, uh, in Europe. Again, she was greatly admired wherever she went, and she was a stunning beauty. She could rock, whether it was, um, whether it was French, haute couture, or even the costumes of uh, the, the various regions of Romania. She looked good in any of it. And if you want an example of how stunning she looked, well, the photo for today's episode is great proof. As I said, she was wildly admired, widely admired. The, um, the famous Romanian uh, architect who worked in France, and a lot of Romanians have a connection to France. I'll get to that with Tanase a little bit later. Constantin Brancusi said of her and even said to her, when I hear you singing, Maria, I would be able to carve for each song of ours a bird in space, which is one of his uh, famous, um, how should I put it, uh, architectural attributes. He regarded her, by the way, as a symbol of all Romanians, so her reputation was solid. Even the British violinist Nigel Kennedy, um, when he recorded an album of uh, Eastern European type music with the Polish Croquet Band, he actually penned something called a tribute to Maria Tanase. So her influence was far and wide. And indeed, Tanase and Piaf knew of each other. I don't know if they met. They may very well have, but they were certainly aware of each other. So we're going to focus on an album of about 24 recordings of hers. Um, and I'm going to split them up into uh, chunks of three. Uh, I'll tell you why a little bit later. The songs are standard sort of a pop, pop folk fare not much different from the Fado tradition of uh, Portugal or the uh, Rebetico and Tragudia traditions of Greece. This is, this is earthy music regardless. And the songs are a mixture of uh, love and love longing, of traveling, of uh, reminiscence, of lost romance, of happiness, of old age. So let's listen now. These recordings, by the way, were made between 1953 and 1961. Let's listen now to a good chunk of songs as sung, Romanian songs as sung by the incomparable Maria Tonase. <laughs> Oh, 
ஏசி மரி வார மரி ஏசி மரி வார யா உன் பார்வை மோமார பார்வசி Ai, 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 ai,
Și de șina de sub roate Mărioara lui Nenicu, măi, măi 
Caidus pe neica de parte, caidus pe neica de parte, marioara lui nenicu mai mai. Trenul este când l-ai dus. Trenul este când l-ai dus. E un trunam tot plâns, e un trunam tot plâns, marioara lui nenicu mai mai. Trenul este când l-ai luat, e un trunam oftat, marioara lui nenicu mai mai. Și iar verde de osipică Trenule mașină mică unde-l duci pe Ionica, unde-l duci pe Ionica, Mărioara lui Nenicu, măi, măi, Că-l tot duci și locolești din Craiova la Pitești, Mărioara lui Nenicu, măi, măi, Că-l tot duci și locolești din Craiova la Pitești, Mărioara lui Nenicu, măi, măi, Și-l dai jos la București, și-l dai jos la București, Mărioara lui Nenicu, măi, măi, Yeah. 
papuț, putel puța mea Mi-a legat sticla de gât, putel puța mea Și mi-a zis cu șurământ, putel puța mea Să nu o desfac de la gât, putel puța mea Firea dracu de primar, putel puța mea Că ai pus pe uliță pari, putel puța mea Sara când mă-ntorci spre casă, putel puța mea Parcă ai și oameni prin ceață, putel puța mea Le vorbesc, butel puța mea Cu cât i-o duci că-i șinstesc, butel puța mea Și zăului păcat în eu, butel puța mea Mă poftește, beau și eu, butel puța mea Hei, mola mea, plupa paput, butel puța mea Mă lega sticla de gât, butel puța mea Și ne-o zis cu jurământ, butel puța mea Să nu desfate la gât, butel puța mea Desfacte la gât, butel cuța mea Până mă păga-n pământ, butel cuța mea Să-i fie bine când e cu mine 
să mi-l îmbete ca să-și uite de alte fete. Măi, busuioace, tu știi ce vreau eu, ține-mi-l mie, doar mie mereu. Zică lumea orși ce... Că lumea orși ce Eu tot cred în farmece Mărioară, viața mare, 
Ciao, 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 Paste calul lui Gheorghiță, Rifănit de o garofiță. Paste calul lui Gheorghiță, Rifănit de o garofiță. Ce-au de leluță, ce-au de fetiță, Ce-ai cu mine fă, Iubește-mă, mă! Ai garofița s-a uscat, Calul lui Gheorghe a scăpat, Garofița s-a uscat, Calul lui Gheorghe a scăpat, Șaoleuță, șaolevenuță, Ce-ai cu mine fă, Iubește-mă, mă! Alergă, Gheorghiță, alergă, Alergă cu capul, mă! Alergă, Gheorghiță, alergă, alergă cu capul. Ce-au de leuță, ce-au de fetiță, ce-ai cu mine fă, iubește-mă, mă. Alergă cu capul gol, că-ți căpă calul mohor. Alergă cu capul gol, că-ți căpă calul mohor. Ciao, ciao, le bellezze, ciao, come le fa? Iubesce mamma. Ciao, le bellezze, ciao, le bellezze, ciao, come le fa? Iubesce mamma. Cu dragostea după el, 
Listening to Romanian folk music is sung by the great Romanian chanteuse Maria Tonase. I could listen to her forever and ever and ever. What an incredible voice. Romanian folk music is probably my favorite folk music of Eastern Europe. I've always loved it. It's got a lot of energy to it. I actually had a professor of ethnomusicology when I was at U of T, faculty of music, say that Romanian folk music is the fastest folk music in Europe. You can hear the virtuosity of the uh, folk orchestras involved. They're a little bit bigger, uh, at least in these recordings, than you would find in, in a restaurant. It should be a smaller sort of a taraf ensemble, I think that's what they were called. I could be mixing up a Hungarian word for it. Um, and, uh, but uh, still great virtuosity from the orchestra. I should mention that the conductors, uh, they're not identified per track, which is unfortunate, but we do know that the conductors on this on these recordings are um, Victor Pradescu, Nicusor Pradescu, and Ionel Banu. Most likely they are the uh, prima, what's known as um, primash, the uh, premier violinist, the lead violinist of uh, each uh, uh, of these orchestras. So I keep mentioning the French connection, as it were. And indeed, um, Romania and France have a long interconnected history. A lot of Romanians 
ended up in France. You can think of, as I said, the architect Brancusi. You can think of the playwright Eugène Ionesco, who was, who was, uh, whose last name was originally Ionescu. You can think of the composer uh, Georges Enescu, who also emigrated to France. And um, that being the case, Maria Tanache made some recordings in French. Now, it could be a trickery to my ear, but I swear when she sings in French, and we're now going to hear four selections of her singing in French, I swear she gets even more sultry, more intimate. I have a feeling, I wouldn't be surprised at all, considering her sort of aristocratic background coming from a well-off family, that she was well-schooled in French and that she probably adored the French language. It comes through to me, at least, in these recordings. So let's listen to four more incredible recordings of uh, Maria Tanase. The um, last of the four is in a style known as a doina. That is a Romanian lament tradition, originally improvised, songs of sorrow, of, um, of loss, usually sung by women of the village. But it's a very, very popular um, construct. It's a very, very popular vehicle to this day of uh, singing uh, emotions and uh, feelings in Romanian music. So let's hear her now sing four songs in French. Here again is Maria Tanase. De nouveau, j'en me gronda. Pourquoi que l'amour m'étouffe pas? Tiens, 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 et ne me gronde pas. Ce n'est pas ma faute à moi. Et ma mère n'est pour rien là. Tiens, 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 tiens. Tu m'aimes si fort que tu dis Mais l'amour, pauvre petit Devant tes cris se sauva Tiens, tiens, tiens et tiens et na Cet hiver, par un grand froid, il grelottait dans les bois. Les loups ont dû en manger, car il m'a tant soit peu quitté. Il est revenu une fois. Plein de regrets et des moins, mais non pas à cause de toi. Tiens, 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 et tiens, et Il a tournaillé par là, et ma foi, il s'effraya. Un roquet j'appelais. Comme fou, et il crut que c'était vous. 
Que Dieu frappe à son tour Qu'il rampe en se tordant Comme l'immense Et comme serpent Que l'amour que Dieu le frappe à son tour qu'il prenne femme faite autour qui met dix enfants au monde qu'il cherche leur père à la Et m'appuie contre le chêne, da 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 di da di da da. Et m'embrasse à perdre l'aile, da 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 di da di da da. Oh la hanche vient l'instant, cheval sur le rouan. Là le gars, là le gars arrive tout droit, da 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 di da di da da. Là le gars. Et puis, s'il arrive quoi, et puis, s'il arrive quoi, oh là-haut, tout l'inclos, quel fromage soit bon et bon, qu'il pique en si fort, mamie, que la langue défile ici. Oh là-haut, et mon compère, comment faire, 
T'attraper, t'embrasser, t'embrasser, m'en aller. Les chèvres pour ramener, que l'on n'aille pas les manger. Oh là, sous les sapins, avec la femme du voisin, laquelle je n'en dirai rien. L'an passé, l'an passé, je fus berger. L'an passé. Cet été, je suis fromager. Car le son, ça me connaît. Parfois, la femme du berger. Oh là, je viens l'instant à cheval le Rouen. Comme la lune, mon sang se figeait d'horreur. Mes yeux s'emplissaient de pleurs. C'est en chasse qu'il causait Sa chemise Quand je la lavais sur des rances Je la jetais à la bise Je la séchais De mes poings je la lissais Et tout le jour j'y Mon mari maudit, sois-tu, toi d'abord et tes écus, car tu as fait mon malheur et tu m'as brisé le cœur. d'avoir tellement pleuré mon visage s'est tout ridé t'as eu la mauvaise idée d'acheter une épousée comme on achète au marché un petit cochon de
Pourquoi n'avoir pas acheté de la corde au grain serré, de la corde au chanvre J'aurais pris pour mari le plus beau gars, le plus doux même, même s'il n'avait pas le sou. Four Romanian folk songs, but sung in French by the great Romanian songstress Maria Tonase. So am I right about um, the way she sings in French? Is it a bit more sultry? She certainly enunciates extremely well, and it really sounds like she enjoys the text. Most likely she enjoys the text she sings in Romanian, too. It's just my ears not as attuned to Romanian. Nevertheless, I think so far in these 21 recordings that we've heard right now, to this point in time, you can hear her enthusiasm, her dedication, her love of this music. So, as an encore, let's hear three more tracks. Și m-am adunat, dodă, dodă 
could listen to Romanian folk music until the Romanian cows came home, and I certainly could listen to Maria Tanase nonstop. We heard 24 tracks, recordings made by the Romanian songstress between the years 1953 and 1961. So the last recording we heard, or the last recording date was about two years before she passed. I if I recall, and I don't have this information at the tip of my tongue or research, she probably stopped singing around 1961-1962 due to the lung cancer. And as I mentioned, she passed away in 1963, a great, great, great loss. She must have had an incredible commanding presence on stage. This can be viewed uh, in the films that she's left behind. I've seen some excerpts, just like just like Edith Piaf, who had an incredible uh ability to command attention, both on stage and in film. This is something Maria Tanase must have had, definitely had as well. Well, that's it for this episode. I have really been enjoying it, especially, I guess you guess why my, my bias is towards Romanian folk music. I really hope you've enjoyed uh, this particular selection of Romanian music, as well as the great um, Brazilian composer Heitor Villalobos and his uh, Villalobos, excuse me, and his uh, Symphony Number no. 10 that we heard at the be beginning of uh, today's podcast. I will remind you once again, because I like to do that, that I do have a radio show if you want to hear more of this sort of thing, but in a truncated fashion, once an hour, one hour a week, 10 o'clock Wednesday mornings, uh, or you can listen to it on demand from CKCU-FM 93.1 in Ottawa. The show is called Music Around Us. This show is called Welcome to Dave's Music Room because some guy named Dave doesn't mind having people over all the time to listen to great music. Well, I'm that Dave. I'm David Kavlovic. Until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>